Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. And the, the crux of this teaching series is that it's through the redemption of Jesus. It's through the power that comes in Jesus' name. It's through the power that comes in a relationship with him that helps us close that gap. Now today, we're taking a look at using wisdom with our words. Using wisdom with our words in our speech. And to take a look at, uh, we want to take a look at how that affects our lives on, on really a daily basis. And, and I was thinking about it this past week. This past week was a, uh, a longer week for me. It was uh, a tougher week. I had more on my plate. Uh, and this week, uh, my, my wife and I, we alternate walking our dog. So we have a three-year-old pup named Sadie. Uh, I get the morning sh- or the night shift. Katie, my wife, gets the morning shift. And then we split the middle of the day. And, you know, depending if it's an odd day or even day, one of us will walk her in the middle of the day. So this week, it was my day, right? I was having one of those weeks where I was so struggling to find focus and motivation and, and, and some momentum to get my week going. And then just as I found it, it was time to walk the dog. And I had a thought. I was like, maybe I'll ask my wife to do it for me. And so I called her up. She was working uh, downstairs. She works right where we live. And so I called her and I was like, hey, would you do me a favor? I have a crazy day today. Would you walk Sadie? And she was like, yeah, no problem. And within 30 minutes, Sadie was gone on her walk. And I realized I wasn't walking her. And something clicked. I had a thought. I spoke something. And my reality changed. See, my words carried a power. They carried a weight that even in just asking my wife, bringing this thought that maybe not walking Sadie would help me get a little bit more momentum going in my day, I spoke that thought and my reality changed. And you see, there is so much power that we find in words. And you see, our words have power just like God's words have power. See, our words have power in our life, just the same as God's words have power in our universe. And in fact, the concept of words is something that is intimately woven into the story of salvation, of redemption itself. Check it out. If you go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, the very beginning of the Bible, the very first verses in all of scripture that were given, check out what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. In verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light From the darkness, he called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed, and morning came, making the first day. Now, Sandra, if you don't mind, leave that verse up for me. I want you guys to focus on a couple parts of this passage. In verse 3, I want you to find the word said, and in verse 5, I want you to find the word called. 
See, these are two points in this passage in the very beginning of Scripture where the author makes it clear to specifically point out that God has spoken something into existence. See, this is the creation story, so this passage could have very easily read, so God created the light, and there was light the first day. The light would become known as day, and the darkness as night. But instead, the author made a point to mention that God spoke these things into existence. Each day, he said, let there be light. He said, let there be fish in the sea. Let there be birds in the air. His spoken word carried power to create. Well, why was this so important? Why was this so important for the author to make sure that he mentioned it right in the beginning of scripture, right in the beginning of what he was writing? Well, to go to that, we have to look at who the author is. Traditionally, the first five books of the Bible are are presumed to be written by Moses. Moses being one of the people that, that walked the closest with God in fact, he became God's, God's uh, mouthpiece for the people of Israel as, as God was collecting them and bringing them out of slavery. But look at his personal relationship with God. We find it in Exodus 33. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. You see, Moses, the creator of this Genesis account, the writer of this account, was speaking to God in the course of his life. There is a power in a spoken word. And God would go on to give Moses the commandments and the law, which was a uh, giving guardrails to a lawless world, a world that for the most part was having trouble discerning between good and and evil. And God spoke with Moses, and he spoke his commands. He spoke this line and these guardrails on how to live a life that is good and pleasing and beneficial to us. But as we know, mankind couldn't live perfectly, just like the Israelites couldn't live perfectly at that time. They fell into sin, right? Because sin isn't something we do. It's an infectious nature that we have. Every single one of us is born with this sin nature. And so the law was no longer doing what it was intended to do in keeping us away from evil. Sin still had its hand in our lives and our DNA. So God continued to speak We turn the pages for the next 2,000 years, and we see the prophets of God that were beginning to speak the words of God. You see, a prophet is simply somebody who hears from the Lord and relays the message. They're a messenger. They're somebody who can encourage you. They're somebody who knows what God wants you to know and is able to speak that to you. And so for 2,000 years, or just less than 2,000 years, God spoke through the prophets, He encouraged them to encourage the people of Israel. Stay true. Stay good. Stay for the the fight. Hold on tight. The solve, the, the solution, the healing for sin is coming. And sure enough, it would. About 700 years later, after Isaiah prophesied about Jesus himself, the Savior that would come into the world, we then find Jesus comes on the scene. And we're given another account from a guy named John the Baptist, who was Jesus's cousin, but also widely believed to be a prophet. The people at the time believed him to be a prophet. 
Now take a look at what the, John the Baptist, uh, and, and in the beginning of, of his ministry, as he was proclaiming the words of Jesus, led way to. He led way, his message was proclaiming the way of the Lord, make straight the paths, because the Messiah that you've been waiting for and waiting for is here. It's time. This, this healing for sin has come. And take a look at what the book of John tells us, again, mirroring the book of Genesis in this, right in the beginning, chapter 1, verse 1. The book of John says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John makes a point to make sure that we understand that in the beginning, the word was Jesus. You see, God spoke into existence this plan of salvation, this I am rescuing you from sin, and it took 2,000 years in our time, but Jesus was that spoken word come to fruition. He was the promise of God, the power of God that was spoken to us. See, our words have power in the same way that God's words have power that we see in Scripture. Take a look at King Solomon and his description of our words in Proverbs. He says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. In the same way that my speaking words and asking my wife to walk our dog changed my reality around me, our words have the power to change our realities around us as well. They have the power, as King Solomon says, to, to breathe life into your life and into others or to speak death and harm into your life and others. Our words matter very very much. And so today I want to take a look at how we can be wiser with our words, how we can take a look at what God wants us to do when it comes to our mouths and our speaking and our, our, our verbal affirmations and condemnations and how he wants us to see that. I want to talk about some ways to be wiser with my words. The first is speak truth to myself daily. Speak truth to myself daily. You see, we have a lot of different voices going on in our heads at all times. Not to make us sound crazy, but we're all a little crazy if you stop and think about it. We have the voice that is ours, but is really half of our parents that we grew up with and kind of just hear their voice our whole lives. And then there's our friends and our kids or our, our spouse. And then there's culture and what culture is saying. And then your pastor, your church, what, is, what are they saying? And there are so many different voices, so many different people speaking into your life. And the truth is the voice that goes on inside your head is the one that begins to change your mindset. See, what you're speaking over yourself, what you're telling yourself begins to change your mindset, which then begins to change your actions. It begins to change your reality, the reality of your life. And you see, we're not alone in our thoughts. We're told multiple times that the enemy, the spiritual enemy, 
known as Satan, has, is the master deceiver, that he is a master of all lies. And he doesn't just try to lie on the surface. He wants to speak lies into your life and into your heart, things that you thought you've believed your whole life but are really holding you back, that are really causing you pain. God wants to unearth those lies. God wants to speak truth into those lies. And he wants you to begin calling those lies out and speaking truth over yourself. See, your inward self is a reflection of what you believe and what's in your heart. But you have the power to change that, to change your reality with what you say. You take a look at the Psalms. King David, time and time and time again, would voice his concern to the Lord, voice his concern to, to the people around him. And then in, in Psalm 42, we have an incredible example of how you can be speaking life to yourself and truth to yourself. In Psalm 42, we say it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. See, the author of this passage is taking the time to remind himself of truth. His soul at this point was downcast. It was downtrodden. He says, why are, he's asking his soul, why are you so disturbed within me? Why are you so upset right now? Remember your truth. Remember the God who saves you. Remember the power that he has. Remember the love that he has for you. Do you trust in his love? He won't leave you alone. He won't forsake you. Anything you're thinking and feeling that's bringing you into that negative mind space is probably filled with some lies that you may not even be picking up. But with the wisdom that we get from God, with the discernment and the truth that comes from the Holy Spirit when we follow Jesus, we begin to see those lies. We begin to call them out. We begin to remove them from our way of thinking. And we replace them with truth. We speak truth over ourselves. And it begins changing our mindset. And our mindset begins changing our reality. My wife, who is probably the most encouraging person uh, that I know, in addition to being my wife, I, which is awesome because I get all of that encouragement, uh, she has something she calls her wind jar. And she made one for me as well. And it's just simply a, a smaller mason jar, and she keeps some post-its next to it. And almost every single day, she will write down what her biggest wins of the day were. Hey, you know what? I, I didn't want to do this at work, and I, I fought through it, and I did it. Hey, you know what? It was a rougher day, but I went, I went and exercised today. Let me put that down. Finding something to remind herself of, finding something to encourage herself with. Why? Because she's speaking truth. See, we can look at the different realities in our lives. We can look at the negative things in our lives and be like, well, my life is falling apart. Or my life hasn't changed in my entire life. Why would it change now? But the truth is, it is. You're here. You're seeking God. You're asking for wisdom. You're pursuing him. You're praying, even if that's just screaming at him and shaking your fist, asking, why is this happening? You're drawing closer to God. You're changing. You're growing. You can focus on the negative or you can focus on the positive. You have the choice on where your thoughts and where your words are. 
and how you speak that life over yourself. So the first one, speak truth to myself daily. Another way to be wiser with my words is to speak life, not death. Speak life, not death. We, we just read the verse from King Solomon where in the book of Proverbs he mentions that our words have the power of life and death. See, we've all said something that we've regretted. Every one of us has at some point said something in, in anger or frustration or insecurity and probably pretty quickly just been like, oh, can I take those words back? Please didn't mean to say them. And they hurt someone we love. Sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. But the truth is we see that speaking death, right? When you say something you regret or you say something that hurts somebody else, you see that. You see that transpire. It's not speaking life and goodness and hope into them. That's why when scripture tells us to confront our, our brothers and our sisters, those who belong to the Lord with sin that they have, he, scripture says to speak that truth in love. Because even in truth, you could speak death and you can condemn and you can hurt. And we can do that with ourselves as well. See, sometimes you can be so focused on, on the negative qualities of your life and your character, and that can be all you focus on. And you can say, well, that's true about me, so why wouldn't I focus on that? But the truth is there's some good characteristics and some good qualities of your life that you're not focusing on. And see, when we change that perspective, we begin to see that shift, that change in our life, our, our change in our words. We begin to speak life more than death. We begin to uh, ex uh, be expectant of goodness in our day instead of waking up, thinking, and speaking. This is going to be a terrible Monday once again. We have the power to speak life into that instead of death. Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. When I was uh, going through a major job transition uh, in the beginning of uh, our marriage between myself and Katie, uh, I was having some harder days on my work days. And every now and then, I would wake up to a letter from my wife. And it would just simply be words of encouragement. It would simply be reminding me of my wins for the week, the things in my life that were going well, the areas where I was progressing because on those harder days, I have trouble seeing them. And so Katie, my wife, will speak that life over to me. She would, over me, she would write me these letters and speak that encouragement and that hope. And it would change the entire complexion of my day and usually my week. That encouragement that speaks life, it says the tongue of the wise brings healing. And we have that power. You have that power, not just to encourage others in your life, but to encourage yourself. And if you're like me, that's not easy. You're not good at encouraging yourself. I'm very critical of myself, and I'm learning how to be more encouraging because I know that my words speak life. I know the more positive things I say about myself, the better my mindset is going to be and the better my life is going to be. But our spiritual enemy doesn't want me focusing on that. Our spiritual enemy wants me focusing on the words that bring death, the words that entrap me, the words that sound so close to God's word but are so intertwined with a lie 
that we can't see it, and it ruins our life. But the wisdom and the Spirit of God, the Bible says, the Word of God has the power to divide, it has the power of a double-edged sword to divide even bone and marrow, the very thin slice between it. It has the power and the wisdom and the truth to get into your life, to, that God could show you those lies so that you can uproot them and replace them with truth and that you can begin speaking encouragement and you can begin speaking life over yourself in those areas. So we want to speak truth to ourselves daily. We want to speak life and not death. Third, we want to listen more than we speak. I want to listen more than I speak. James 1.19, this is James, the brother of Jesus, and he says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You see, not only will listening before you speak or listening more than you speak increase your communication skills, but it'll probably make you a little more likable, <laughs> if we're just being honest. Because when somebody is speaking, they're intending for somebody to be listening. If every one of you guys right now just decided to doze off in these awesome lazy boys, it's going to affect what I'm saying. I'm going to be shifted. My mindset's going to be different. When you're speaking to someone, they want to be listened to. You want to be listened to. And so when others are speaking, be quick to listen. Take the time to listen. Instead of sitting there and planning out what you're about to say to keep that conversation going, I do that all the time. We want to pause, listen, really give ourselves the time to connect with somebody and understand what they're trying to tell us. Make sure that they feel heard. See, we see this in the arena of politics all the time. Politics are so divisive in our country right now, not because the views are so vast and different, but because nobody's listening to the other side. Because nobody wants to sit down and understand where the other is coming from to really try and find a solution or, or to even find common ground of understanding with one another. See, we can be disagreeable while also being friendly and loving and kind. We can disagree with one another but it takes listening. It takes time to care about them, and listening communicates care. If you're married or in a relationship, you know this. Listening communicates, or communicates care. If I'm not listening to Katie and I'm watching the Yankees game instead of her telling me about her day, she's going to think, rightfully so, that I don't care about her day. The truth is I do. I love my wife. Maybe in that moment I'm a little distracted. Maybe I'm not fully there and paying attention. But when I do, when I find a way to listen to her more, she feels valued. She feels cared for more. And it's an easy practice. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. So you speak truth to yourself daily. You speak life, not death. You listen more than you speak. And then the final point that I want to make, and this, let me just say, is the ice cream cone to your ice cream on this hot summer day. And if you don't have this point, you are just holding scoops of ice cream in your hand in that 98 degree heat. This is what holds it all together. And it's go after the heart 
not the words. Go after the heart, not the words. See, last week we talked about how God doesn't want us to be generous financial givers, but rather to be generous people with generous hearts. See, God's not particularly going after our actions. He doesn't want just behavior modification from us all. He wants life change. He wants heart change. He wants to use the circumstances in our life to actually change who we are and how we think, to change our lives. And so when it comes to the words we speak, it's not just words that we're speaking. All of us could hold back from saying a little more that we didn't need to say. And maybe we could be a little more encouraging here and there, tell our loved ones we love them a little bit more. But if we're just focusing on the things we're saying, we're missing the source of where those words come from. Check it out. In the book of Matthew, Jesus teaches us, he says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And then he's speaking to the Pharisees, these hypocritical Pharisees at the time, and he says, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. I think Jesus knows what he's talking about when he says it's going to be held again. He, he understands the concept of these things. And so that should give us a reason to pause. But what I don't want you to hear in this is that if you have evil words, you are an evil person. You have sinned. You're affected by sin. You're infected by sin. Your nature has evil in it. But you were created in the image of God. You were created to speak life, not death. You were created to think life and not death. You were created to speak encouragement and truth over yourself, to follow truth and not lie. That is how you were designed, and sin came in and began to complicate that. So what Jesus is telling us in this passage is that if you want to focus just on the words that you're saying, that's going to kind of be sometimes like shoveling while it's still snowing out, right? You're trying to stop the words that you're saying and get better with what you're saying, but you're not looking at the heart, the wellspring of what is creating the words. Jesus says it pretty plainly here. He says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. See, our heart is the wellspring. It is, it is the pool of water that begins to give us life and, and, and shows what is in our heart through what we say. And, and each and every one of us have this sin that we struggle with. So our well our, our water source, our source of life, our soul, is infected. It's been trapped. It has sin. And when Jesus came and his plan of redemption, God's plan of redemption, to come to earth himself, to provide freedom for those captured, for those in chains, for those enslaved in their soul to the sin that they can't escape, you and me. When he came for that redemption, 
He came not to change your actions, but to change your heart. When your heart is changed, your actions change. When your heart is changed, your speech changes. When your speech changes, you begin to speak life over yourself. Your life changes. And is it as simple as that? No, it gets complicated. We know what happens when we're angry. We know what happens when we're envious or jealous or sad or depressed or anxious. Our words often reflect what's going on in our heart. And in that moment, we're panicked, we're worried, we're stressed, we're angry. Our words reflect that. Bring the heart to Jesus. There's grace if it happens, but don't just keep let it happening. Don't just say, these are my words. I'm just saying what I think. Think differently. And don't just try and think differently. Bring your heart to Jesus. Begin asking him. Spend intentional time. It doesn't have to be a lot to turn your attention to God. That's a moment. Take time to turn your attention to God, to pay attention to your words this week and say, God, show me where I'm speaking death instead of life and help me to speak life instead. Lord, speak to my heart so that the words that come out of my mouth may reflect you and not the sin that I harbor, the sin that I have. Ask God to begin to free you from the thoughts and the, the, the speech that you have over yourself that's negative and downputting and critical. Be encouraging with your critique of yourself. Be encouraging with how you describe yourself and how you view yourself and what you tell yourself. Be loving when you speak to others. Be encouraging when you speak to others because your words are speaking life and they're speaking death. They're powerful. It's why God gave us words, gave us language to accomplish, to, to move things, to change our reality. And God wants us to be wiser with those words to help us close that gap between the ideal that we want to be living in and the reality that we find ourselves in. Would you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we give to you today, we give to you our words, we give to you our mind and our heart. We ask that you would have your way with us. Father, that you would save our souls. We may believe in you, Jesus, but we see the sin in our lives, and we ask that you would continue to save us from that. Would you remove this infection from us? Would you heal us with your words of truth? And God, I pray this week that each and every one of us would see the lies that the enemy is whispering to us, would be able to discern, would you give us discernment, God, to see the lies that we've been listening to and believing for, for months and years and maybe even decades, the lies that have been entrapping us and tying us and binding us and keeping us from achieving the, real, the, the ideal in our lives, the ideal and the freedom that you have for us. Would you speak truth into those lies? Would you uproot them? Would you remove them from us? And would you replace them with your spirit of truth and your spirit of love? We thank you for that redemption that we have in you. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.